You are listening to the She Means Profit podcast with Melissa Houston, CPA, financial strategist for CEOs, and a Forbes.com contributor. She Means Profit is a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners just like you become a master at your finances without confusion so that you can increase your profit and net worth. With over 20 years of experience working with business owners, I'm sharing with you real and actionable advice that will give you the tools to take your financial power back. Let's make some major money moves together. Joyce Martyr is a licensed psychotherapist, entrepreneur, global public speaker, and a mental health thought leader. She is the founder of Urban Balance, a national outpatient mental health company, and a contributor to Psychology Today and Money Geek. Joyce is an internationally published author of The Financial Mindset Fix, a mental fitness program for an abundant life. Hi, Joyce. Welcome to She Means Profit. I am so excited to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Melissa. I'm excited and honored to be with you. I think you're my first repeat guest now. You were on the show, I think it was two years ago, when your book was first coming out. I had met you. Yes. And now you're back to share more of your wisdom. So we're really excited to have you here with us today. That's so super you, cool that I'm a repeat guest. Oh, I know, right? Yes, it was <laughs> super fast. You'll know yeah. soon with coming out. It sure does. And do you want to share a bit about your book, the title, and what your book is about? Yes, it's called The Financial Mindset Fix. It's a mental fitness program for an abundant life. And as a therapist and an entrepreneur, I wrote this book. It's about 12 mindsets that lead to improved mental health and financial health. So it's a holistic success program with journaling exercises and prompts and innovative self-assessment tools to help people really see where they're at in their financial mindset and their psychology of money. Yeah, I love this topic. Anybody who's listening and is a regular listener knows that I love to talk about money mindset because... Money mindset is actually the first step of the cash competent framework where it's so important to remove those money mindset blocks so that you can be a better and more profitable business owner. Now, before we get started on that, you are a licensed therapist, right? Yes, I've been a licensed clinical professional counselor in the Chicago area for about 25 years. Yes, and I wanted to drive that home for people because I love talking to Joyce because She has studied it like being a financial therapist is much different than being a money coach, right? And this is why I don't coach a lot on money because if you have deep rooted issues, I'm a firm believer that there's therapy that needs to be involved. Money coaches are not experts to help you resolve your financial deep seated, deep rooted issues. Would you agree with that, Joyce? I would agree. There's such an interconnection between mental health and financial health. Mm. And for many of us, our money story and our money traumas and challenges can trigger low self-esteem, anxiety, depression, and even financially triggered PTSD. So a psychotherapist like myself can do some deep rooted work that will help you heal and recover and then thrive and prosper. 
And this is so important. If you are feeling as we go on and we start talking about money mindset issues and you're feeling like you have some blocks that really need to be tended to, I really encourage you, Joyce's contact information in the show notes. So I encourage you to reach out to her and get that extra help. So money mindset, why is it so important? Because our view, our belief about money and our thoughts about money shape our financial reality. In cognitive behavioral therapy, which is one of the most empirically supported forms of therapy, it asserts that our thoughts precede our emotions and behaviors. So if we have negative beliefs about money that maybe came from our family of origin, our parents or grandparents' financial experiences or beliefs about money, or from our religions or cultural teachings, that's going to shape how we feel about money. It's sometimes going to create blocks that are unconscious, that are preventing us from earning or welcoming the prosperity that we deserve. And so it's really important to do that deeper work to uncover those belief systems that may be impacting you negatively unconsciously. And that's the key word, unconsciously too, right? Because so many of us start with our money stories from early childhood. So we're carrying them around and we hit adulthood and we're so used to having these stories. You don't even think twice about it. And when you start uncovering your money mindset issues, you start realizing the stories that are holding you back are stories that really deepen your subconscious, right? Absolutely. There's even research to say that it's in our DNA. DNA, is that right? In our DNA, that our ancestors' traumas, even financially, are in our cells and in our collective memory. And so if we had relatives that went through the Holocaust or genocide or slavery or other financial traumas, then that is going to impact us on a very, very deep and profound level. So even as a child, we are born into the world with some of these memories in our DNA and in our unconscious mind. And then early childhood experiences. My father grew up during the Great Depression, and he had a scarcity mindset about money, even though he was a successful MBA and executive. And he became unemployed when I was an adolescent and dealt with some serious depression and anxiety about his financial situation. And so therapists, we often specialize in our own issues. And I was greatly impacted by my father and his scarcity mindset and unemployment. And we all unconsciously recreate what's familiar in our adult lives until we become aware and we choose something different. Mm. We learn roles in our family of origin. And mine, I was a mediator and a helper. And I've recreated that in my role as a therapist. But as an entrepreneur, A lot of the financial mindset of my father, some of the negative stuff negatively impacted my business until I took a serious look at my own relationship with money. It's so interesting, right? Did you learn a lot when you, well, obviously you would have learned a lot when you started looking at your own relationship with money? I really did. And I believe that we all can benefit from therapy or counseling at different points in our lives. It's like seeing a personal trainer Mm -hmm. or a doctor or a dentist, and it's healthy and normal and preventative. And when I was having a financial crisis in my business, 
I sought therapy again. I go in and out of therapy as needed throughout my life, as I think we all could benefit from. And absolutely, I'm just going to echo that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, amen. Yeah. And my therapist said, Joyce, what does money mean to you? What do you think of when I say the word money? And I said, oh my gosh, I think of stress. And she said, well, no wonder you make it go away. So we had to reprogram some of my beliefs about money. And a lot of it came down to my feelings of worth and deservingness. Mm -hmm. I dealt with some low self-esteem. And that's what I saw in my clinical practice is that when we don't embrace our worth and we're not feeling deserving, we undercharge, we we are under earners. We might be people pleasers who overspend or enable others in our financial relationships and even in business relationships. And that can really impair our financial health and wellness. All of that needs to be examined. And when I did that work, it was transformative, not only from a financial perspective, I went from almost filing business bankruptcy to seven years later, selling my business for a seven-figure multiple and making an eight-figure exit, which was something I would have never dreamed possible. Fantastic. Thank you so much. But it was not without going through some difficult money lessons and Mm -hmm. using a lot of the tools from my clinical training to help turn the ship around. Money is so emotional. And usually when I'm working with clients, That's the first thing we start talking about is money mindset. And as we work together, I notice a lot of money blocks coming up and I can pick them out when I'm talking with my clients and stuff. But I also attribute that to my social work background as well. However, 90% of the time, there's a lot of tears in my office, especially with women. I love how you touched on the self-worth because there's a lot of self-worth issues when it comes to money and charging what you're worth and believing that you're deserving of wealth and knowing that if you were to become a wealthy person, that you would still be likable. This is a lot of what I see with my clients. Absolutely. There's a lot of shame and anxiety and guilt, guilt that if we earn more money, somehow we're being greedy or selfish or bad, or like you said, Mm -hmm. that other people won't like us. And so many people choose to live a smaller, muted version of themselves, including financially. I really believe that when we blossom into our greatest and highest self, personally, professionally, and financially, we shine the light for others to do the same, and we can lift others up. And when we have more, we can help more. But that shame and that guilt and some of the fear and financial anxiety is very deeply rooted. And I certainly went through that. I had insomnia. I had panic attacks. It was very difficult time when my business was in cash flow hell. It is very emotional. And because of that, we often use defense mechanisms like denial and defensiveness and projection and intellectualization, rationalization to sort of justify away or make excuses about our financial situation instead of being fiscally conscious and really empowering ourselves to take the reins of our financial life, especially for women. I Mm -hmm. think we've been taught our whole life that we're not good at finances and the world puts us in a subservient position much of the time. And so it's a mindset shift to take responsibility and feel empowered. 
I have my own story where I had done everything right. I'll consume any information about personal financial management. I'm a CPA. I manage business finances. I've been doing this for over two decades. I mean, I know the tactical and technical stuff when it comes to managing your money. And the reason I'm saying this is because I guess it's been about seven or eight years ago now where I had derailed and I went into this spending frenzy and I racked up like $100,000 worth of debt in a year and I hid a lot of it from my husband and I was just off the rails. I share that because that is an example of how emotional money can be, right? Oh my goodness. Absolutely. It's kind of like nutrition and exercise. We know what we need to do and the basics of money management, forgive me with love and respect, it isn't rocket science. We know we need to earn more than we spend and we need Mm -hmm. to save and invest for the future, but it's our psychology that causes self-sabotage and self-limitation and we're human. So even though intellectually, you know so much about, you're such an expert and you know so much about personal finance and business finance, still you're human. And it's obviously the same with me being a therapist. I know a lot of the tricks of the trades and the tools and techniques, but still get in my own way. So we all need a program or we need support and we need tools to help keep us accountable and give us the support that we need to really move forward. Absolutely. Because we are all human. We're all just doing our best. I remember when I came out with this story, I was scared to death because I'm a CPA. All I could think about was my colleagues judging me and saying, oh my God, she knew better. Why didn't she do better type of thing? But the response I got from finance professionals where they're like, thank you so much for sharing your story because I felt so alone. And it's not just from finance professionals, but that was the feedback that surprised me. And then just other people just sharing, like, I feel so much more comfortable. I feel less judged knowing that you've been through this and you came at the other end and that you're not going to judge. I mean, there's no point in judging because like I said, we're all human. We're all just doing our best. A hundred percent. And when you share vulnerably and authentically, which was so brave of you, it's super normalizing and validating for others. We often compare our insides to other people's outsides and Mm -hmm. we imagine everyone else is doing great. And people suffer in silence about both mental health struggles and financial struggles. And we need to come out of silence and share what we've been going through I talk openly about dealing with anxiety. I talk openly about my business mistakes and nearly needing to file business bankruptcy about 12 years ago. And like you, people respond really with gratitude and appreciation. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when we've lived through those experiences, we have some wisdom that then we can share with others to prevent them from those pain points. So true. Now, I have a question just to shift the conversation a little bit because I wanted to get to this is we hear a lot about scarcity and abundance. Can you explain the difference between the two and why it's so important? Oh, my goodness. This is really the thesis of my work. I really believe that this is one of the most fundamental shifts that needs to occur in order to live a happier and more prosperous, thriving life. So a scarcity mindset is rooted on fear and lack and competition. It's the idea that there's not enough resources to go around for all of us, whether it's money or jobs or love or food. And again, it causes competition and fear and anxiety. 
abundance is 100% the opposite. And it's rooted in the belief system that when we embrace our worth and we open ourselves up to infinite possibility, that there are more than enough resources available to all of us. And it's rooted in collaboration that when we work together, we can avoid sort of hardships that happen. For example, the toilet paper incident over the pandemic or how people have responded to rising gas prices where people hoard out of fear that there isn't going to be enough, that actually causes more of the crisis. When we work collaboratively, we can solve problems, we can be innovators, we're creative, we are getting into the flow of life instead of being kind of miserly and secretive and hoarding our knowledge or information. Mm -hmm. And it applies not only to money, but even dating. How many times have you talked to somebody who said there's nobody good out there? Well, that's a scarcity mindset. And I believe in self-fulfilling prophecy. And if one believes that, then that's likely the way things are going to work out for them. So if you believe that prosperity is available to you or financial success, or that you can achieve the dreams that you have for yourself, your own business, a book, whatever it might be, that increases the likelihood that that will occur for you. And how do you think it increases it? Because we just shift our energy and it's like the law of attraction where good things start flowing to us, or is it as simplistic as that? It's not quite as simplistic as that, but it starts with that. We have to believe something is possible in order for it not to be impossible. And there's a lot of research around this in psychology. Alfred Adler, one of the founders of modern psychology, has a technique called acting as if, where we act as if we've already achieved our dreams. For example, when my book was rejected by numerous publishers initially, I walked around my house acting as if. I had the publisher of my dreams and was like my hero, Brene Brown. And my friend thought I was a little bit nuts. She's a therapist too. And she accused me of psychotic optimism. But after a few months of- <laughs> I've not heard of that. I like that. <laughs> after a few months of telling myself that, it changed my behaviors. And I went to my literary agent. I was more aggressive. I said, listen, if I don't get a book deal in three months, I'm self-publishing. I lit a fire underneath her. And within a couple months, I had a book deal with the publisher of Brené Brown. No way. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? It and is. So it we is. have to believe we're worth it and it changes our behaviors. So it takes some responsibility. We have to take action. We can't just think it. We have to walk the walk and do the work as well. But if we convince ourselves that things aren't going to work, we look at problems, we look at roadblocks, we look at closed doors, then those possibilities are not going to be available to us. And I believe a lot of entrepreneurs have that psychotic optimism, where we look at the realm of possibility and look past the problems and work toward problem solving so that we can create our dreams and manifest a greater life personally and professionally and financially. So is psychotic optimism a negative term? <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but I love it. It's basically where you put blinders on. And just go for it. Life. You just go for it. Yeah. Okay. Because at first I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> but I do, this leads me into a question where this is my pet peeve. And 
it's totally okay if you disagree with me. But what drives me nuts, especially in the online space, is I hear a lot of, look how you manifested your future and stuff like that. If you plan it, you'll manifest it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not a huge touchy kind of woo-woo gal here, but I do believe in manifestation. But something that you said earlier, and I really want to pull that out and emphasize it, is that if you do the work and walk the walk, then you can manifest it. Yes. So in my book, one of my mindsets is vision. So creating the highest vision for yourself personally and professionally and planning your career in the context of your life and imagining you have a magic wand and you can make your life as brilliant and magnificent as you desire. Mm -hmm. And then also setting up daily practices. In yoga, they call that satnas, daily sadhanas. And those are daily practices that are bringing you closer to those intentions or ways of living. And so you are continually daily working towards changing your thoughts, your emotions, you're connecting with people who are succeeding, who are mentoring you and supporting you and coaching you and consulting you and helping you move into that path of your greatest potential. And so It's funny, the publisher of my book said that they felt like there were some similarities to the secret, but that it's rooted in research and practical steps and taking that personal responsibility and doing the work. So I love that taking the personal responsibility and doing the work because, Mm -hmm. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I find, and I rant about this a lot, is I find the manifestation coaching, a lot of it is garbage out there because they're like, oh, just visualize, create your vision board and all that stuff and it'll come. But what people are really missing is that you need to do the work and then it'll happen. Yes, absolutely. And we need systems of accountability. I'm a big believer in having a support network, both personally and professionally, that provide you with wisdom and knowledge and lifting you up and growth. So I have coaching in multiple areas of my life and continue to work on my professional development as I've built new skills through my speaking, through my writing. And it's so important for us to plug into people who know far more than we do, Mm -hmm. who can shine the light and help us do that. I love that. It has been so great talking with you today. If there's one thing that you really want listeners to take away from this conversation, what would that be? It would be to embrace your worth and do some sort of self-help program, whether that's the program in my book or my new digital course, or it's meeting with a coach or a therapist or doing a 12-step program that's around money, starting to do the work to really create the life that you deserve. Tell us more about your course that you have. I'm excited about it. It complements my book, The Financial Mindset Fix. And you can find it on my website, which is at JoyceMarter.com. My last name is spelled M-A-R-T-E-R. And it's five modules. It's got videos. It's got guided meditations and tons of exercises. All of the exercises from my book and really almost twice as more, twice as many. I have their downloadable PDFs and they're super fun. They promote a lot of insight. My favorite thing that I heard this week A gentleman who read my book said that he, after chapter one, got a raise and after chapter three, got a promotion. Nice. 
he and his wife and I are joking, like, what would happen if he actually finished the book or did the course? So <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> and you'll make sure that you send me the link. So I will leave that in the show notes for listeners to just get direct access to your information on your course. Thank you so much, Melissa. I appreciate it. And I appreciate the work you do in the world. It is so needed. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been so great talking with you. Likewise, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us on the She Means Profit podcast. If you've enjoyed the show, I ask you to hit subscribe, rate the podcast and leave a review. You can find us on Instagram and LinkedIn at Melissa Houston CPA and join us in our She Means Profit Facebook group.